is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. Good afternoon, Michigan. This is not the huge one. Bill's taking a little day off today, enjoying the nice weather outside. Hope you are, too. This is Jeff Risen from Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast. You've heard me on here before. Uh, normally, I'm in here with, with Huge. Today, it's all me. And that means we're going to talk a lot of Detroit Lions football today. Uh, hope everybody's tuned in and, and happy and, and ready to, to discuss what's going on with our football team. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, the Michigan State game that's coming up this weekend because I do have some interest in that. Uh, maybe a little bit of Michigan football, too. Um, apparently, the Tigers are still playing. I'm not really sure why. Uh, we're, we're, we're not going to talk about that. That's that. Who, nobody cares there. Um, I, if you do, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's, it's football season, baby. We, and we got hockey coming up. We got basketball coming up. It's a great time of year. But we're going to focus on the Detroit Lions. The one and three Detroit Lions, the NFL's leading team in points scored and points allowed. And it's very interesting to me the way that the general populace, and, and I'm guilty of this too, focuses on the points allowed a heck of a lot more than we do the points scored. And that's 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 a function of being one and three. That's a function of losing to the Seattle Seahawks in the way that you did, where they didn't punt. Seahawks have been around since 1976. First time in their history, they've never they didn't punt in a in a game once. That's uh, that's hard to swallow. Geno Smith, the guy who's bounced around the league, who's always been like you know the 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 good backup, but not the guy that you want starting, torching the Lions, um, ripping apart Aaron Glenn's defense. It's hard to ignore that, but I do think that we are ignoring some of the positives a little bit from the offense. T.J. Hawkinson had one of the 10 best games that an NFL tight end has ever had. Think about that for a second. In the history of the NFL, like my, one of my childhood heroes, Ozzie Newsom, who's in the Hall of Fame, before he was the Ravens general manager, he was a hell of a tight end for the Cleveland Browns, uh, and I grew up in Cleveland when he, in his heyday. Never did what TJ Hawkinson did, getting over 175 yards receiving and two touchdowns in a single game. Um, it's, it's only the third time in NFL history that he – a player of any position has done that and caught a two-point conversion. The other two were Roddy White 
uh, and Torrey Holt. Um, that those guys, or I'm sorry, Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Torrey Holt should be too. There, that's and 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 it's weird that we ignore that, and it's weird that 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 most Lions fans are are riding with the. Oh my God! Everything the, the sky is falling. We we you know what's going on? We got to fire Aaron Glenn. We got we got to make all these radical changes, and and we're forgetting that the the offense is really really good. And is it good enough? No, no, it is not. We got to score more than the defense allows, and that's that's the fundamental problem of having it, the worst defense in the NFL by far. Uh, you cannot give up the points that they're giving up the way that they're giving them up. It's just been too easy. I caught some of, the, of Bill's show yesterday with, with the callers calling in, and I thought a lot of you made some great points. The, it's, it's unacceptable to get, keep getting beaten by the same plays and the same schemes week after week, and it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating. Uh, one of the things that I did today, I, I wrote a, a piece this morning at the Lions where I, I watched the game films and broke down more, three ways that I think that the Lions can get fixed on defense. Uh, we're going to talk about those a little bit today. Uh, and we'll talk about those. I got some guests coming in today. Uh, you're not just going to hear me for the next three hours. You're going to hear uh, uh, first up in the next segment will be Scott Bischoff, who has just recently joined the Detroit Lions podcast with me and, and our, our esteemed leader, Chris. Uh, so we'll talk to Scott a little bit about what's going on with the Lions. And, and look, Scott and I are both draft people at heart. That's how we became friends all those years ago. So we're going to talk a little NFL draft, too, because uh, it's always draft season. When you're one and three, you got to look ahead to the draft, too. Um, and we're, we'll, do, we'll do some of that. I uh, have Jeremy Reisman from uh, Pride of Detroit coming in later. Uh, we'll also talk to Mark Schofield, who is now with the Pro Football Network, um, formerly of Touchdown Wire. Mark, if you've heard me before, uh, if you've tuned into the Detroit Lions podcast before, you know Mark very well. Um, he is, at heart, a Patriots guy, and the Lions do happen to play the New England Patriots this week. Um, Mark, also a former college quarterback and a quarterback guru. Nobody breaks down quarterbacks as well as he does. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about what's going on with their quarterback situation with uh is it Brian Hoyer? Is it Bailey Zappi? Is it what's going on with Mac Jones? And how is Matt Patricia getting them to to score points? And this is something um, Superfly Hayes sitting here in the producer's chair. We talked about it a little bit before uh, before we came on the air. It's going to be really bad if Matt Patricia's offense offense beats this Lions defense. I don't. That's just not something that I want to. I don't even. I didn't want to think about that possibility. Um, it's five days off, and I and I told him if that happens, like we got to buy next week. If they lose, I'm I'm rejecting all media appearances for a week. Um, I'm I'm not. I don't I don't I don't need that um, because I don't I don't need to, to be spewing that much negativity. That's just not what I want to do. It's not what I'm about. Uh, so that's uh, that that's something that we're gonna we're gonna break down with Mark a little bit, uh, and then in the final hour today, the five o'clock hour. We will have a little impromptu session of the Detroit Lions podcast. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, we record uh, my, my co-host Chris and I. Um, normally, he's actually the person who does most of the, the leading and talking, but I'm going to ask him the questions this time, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to do that in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to break down what we're thinking about with the Lions, uh, give you a little preview of the show, um, and uh, just give you a little taste for what we do. Um, normally we record on every Wednesday. Uh, last week we were uh, a little delayed. He lives in the Tampa area and the hurricane came through. So, uh, we, we didn't record last week, but, uh, we're going to have that coming on for you. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to, we're again, focus primarily on the lions and where they're at and how we can fix some of the defensive things. Uh, just, it's so frustrating where I was at. I'll, I'll reset this for a quick second. Going into Sunday's game. 
The Lions were one and two, and I expected them to be one and two. I thought they were going to lose to Philadelphia. I thought Philadelphia was a very good team. I was somewhat optimistic that they would beat Minnesota, but that that game's in Minnesota. It's tough. They're they're pretty good. I think we've seen that in in their three and one. They beat the Packers already. I mean that that that's a good football team. I expected to lose that game. No, well, I just shouldn't. Say, I, I wasn't surprised that the Lions lost, and I knew that they would beat Washington. So they were one, one and two, and I'm like, okay, they're right on schedule. This is where we should be. Then you get Seattle. They are at the beginning of a overhaul. This is a franchise that no longer has Russell Wilson. They no longer have Bobby Wagner. He's out tackling streakers in San, in San Francisco with the Los Angeles Rams last night. By the way, that was that was the best hit that he's made all season. Um, the Rams defense isn't good either. Um, but this is a Seattle team that the Lions should beat, and they were favored to beat them. They were favored by as much as 6.5 points, which was the most points they've been favored by since 2016 in any game. The line got bought down. I think it closed on, on DraftKings. I think it was a 3.5, might even been 2.5 um, with all the injuries that the Lions had. But it's still a game that you got to win, and you score 45 points. you got to win. And they didn't. And that is where the frustration comes for me. That is a game that you should win. You cannot lose to a team like that. That that's that's a winnable game at home. You know, where you reset yourself, you're you're at two and two. You got a game coming up, a winnable game against New England, and yes, it's still a very winnable game, even with the Lions defense in the state that it's in. But now you kind of have to beat the Patriots in New England. And that's, uh, look, I know they're not good, but that, that's a thorny issue, man. It's tough. It's tough to win on the road. You're playing outside. That's a little bit different. Haven't been outside yet this year. It's, it's not a situation that you want to be in. And, you know, when, when you've got Dan Campbell squaring off against Bill Belichick, Look, I love Dan Campbell. I'm siding with Death Hoodie, man. Like, that, that guy's proven it. He's, he's got the pelts on the wall. So losing to Seattle, it, it it takes away any of the real optimism that I think a lot of us had for this team. You know, you again, you can accept losing to Philadelphia, and it was a close game. Um, it, the, the final score was actually closer than what the game was. We all watched it. But, yeah, okay, all right, Philadelphia, they're, they're the last undefeated team. They're, they, look, they look fantastic. There's no harm in losing to them by a field goal. Minnesota, again, you're on the road. You, you did a great job against Justin Jefferson. Um, Jeff Okuda had a great game. Your offense did some good things, but your defense just wasn't quite good enough. But then you play Seattle, and it's Seattle. Oh, my God. Two rookie offensive tackles. Now, they're both good. And, and by the way, Abraham Lucas, their right tackle, um, if you are a fellow headbanger like I am, you really need to check this guy out. He is a guy that you will like a lot. And he, he had a great game against Aiden Hutchinson, no doubt about it. But he shouldn't have that great of a game. Rashad Penny, good running back. He ain't that good. You know, Geno Smith, having a pretty nice season. He actually leads the NFL in completion percentage and did before that game. So it, it's not like he's chopped liver, but he ain't that good. And then that happens. 48 points. 41 by your defense. Seven did come off the arm of Jared Goff going the other way. Um, and, and look, I'm not going to blame Jared Goff. That was, a ha- that was an awful, awful, horrendous throw. Um, throwing late uh, against a, a corner with the speed that Tariq Woolen had, you can't do that. You, you can, and, and Jared Goff knew it as soon as he threw it. He, you saw him. As soon as he threw the ball, he, he was like, oh, crap, I got to go tackle this guy, and I'm not catching him. <laughs> it was... Yes, that wound up being the losing margin of the game. But if you're hanging this loss on Jared Goff, 
You're trying way too hard to hate on Jared Goff. This game was about the defense and the ineptitude of the defense. Other than that, I thought Jared Goff had a great game. Um, he did actually throw one other pass that probably should have been a pick six early on, but you know it didn't bounce that way. I'm not going to blame the offense for this one. I'm going to blame the defense. They couldn't stop Seattle. Again, it's not Minnesota. It's not Philadelphia. It's it's the Seahawks. They're they're not a good team, and that's that. And, and I understand that's where the frustration comes from. And I I I respect that. And you should be frustrated because these are these are the kind of games that these Detroit Lions should not be losing. And when they lose that, you know, Dan Campbell talks a lot about you know building something up and having people you know believe in each other and the, changing the culture. Nothing changes the culture quicker than winning. And the wins validate what he's trying to sell to his players, to his assistant coaches, to Sheila Hamp upstairs, and to all of us out there who watch the game and buy tickets and buy merchandise um, and buy, look, they they got some sweet hats coming out. I've actually seen an early release of some of the shoes that they have. Like, these are really cool things. Like, I want to represent the Lions, but I don't want them to represent me being like that team. And that's... That's where the losing gets so hard for for what Dan Campbell's trying to do. Because again, no harm in losing what they did. But when you lose to Seattle like that, that's when you start questioning, like, man, does this guy really know what he's going on? Like, how come our defense keeps getting beat by the same play every week? Like, it's third and five. They know we're going to send two guys up the A-gap. Here, let's run a little counterplay out to the right. Let's flare our tight end out and have Geno do a little rollout and, and find him wide open because the safety's stuck in the middle of the field. The linebackers don't know what they're doing. Well, you know, the, the cornerbacks are playing press man. They're turning their backs, and it, it, it's, too, it's been too easy for the, def- for the opposing offenses to beat up the Lions' defense, and that's something that we got to change. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we do have Scott Bischoff when we're coming back. But first off, those of you who know me uh, and have heard me on uh, 96.1 here in Grand Rapids before, uh, in a prior incarnation, I used to come in and read the weather report every time I was in studio. So we are going to do that because uh, I went to college initially. Uh, I went to Ohio University back in the early 1990s. I went there to be a TV weatherman, uh, and it didn't work out. Um, I couldn't pass physics, so uh, that, that, that was... a that was a no go. Um, you have to apparently know physics to to, to read the to do the weather on TV. And uh, shout out to all the people that do it because uh, that that was too hard for me. Uh, I am not a math magician either, but I still know the weather and I still know how to. I, I have a sling psychrometer at home for those of you meteorologists playing along at home. So we're gonna talk about the weather for a second. It's a beautiful day outside. First thing you do to check the weather, you stick your head out the window. Thank you, Dr. Isaac at Ohio University for teaching me that in meteorology class. Uh, and if you stick your head out the window right now, you're going to feel 70 degrees in Grand Rapids. And it's mostly sunny. It's a great day. There's hardly any breeze. Great day for you guys out in Holland listening on WHCC to listen. Um, listening in um, in my where I live, my neck of the woods. Get out on Lake Mac, take the boat out, go out and have a little nice cruise, watch the sunset tonight. going to be a beautiful night. Going to get down a little bit. Not, a bit, not as cold tomorrow morning. Get it down to 45 overnight. Tomorrow, another nice day. Uh, 72, a little bit warmer, a little bit cloudier tomorrow, a little bit more of a breeze. But again, it's October. You got to take the good weather while you can get it. So uh, hopefully, look, this show, you can stream it on your app. You can put it on your phone. You can you can take your car outside, roll the windows down, drive around and enjoy the rest of the show today. Uh, When we come back from break, we'll have Scott Bischoff from the Detroit Lions podcast. From Petoskey to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this. 
winning big at Soaring Eagle. And digging for gold every Friday in October for your chance to score up to $5,500 in cash for premium play. Hourly winners from 7 to 11 p.m. each week. And on October 28th, all the prizes turn to cash. See what you'll dig up only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Celebrating Billy Joel, October 28th at DeVos Performance Hall in downtown GR. I'm in a New York state. Celebrate Billy Joel, America's Piano Man, 50 Years of Billy Joel, October 28th at DeVos Performance Hall in downtown GR. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Now, there's a producer who knows what's up. We go to commercial with me giving a weather report, and he comes back with Tornado of Souls from Megadeth. That, that, that's, that right there is why Brett Hayes is the best producer on the, on the, on the planet. That's, uh, that's something else, man. Uh, welcome back to The Huge Show. This is Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and Detroit Lions Podcast sitting in, and we are going to be joined now by another person who now bears the label of Detroit Lions Podcast, Mr. Scott Bischoff, who recently joined forces with us uh, on the on the Mighty Podcast and is doing some great work for us, Scott, it's great to have you on. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. We've become a Death Star, huh? Uh, we we are certainly working towards that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So we are now one and three. We're looking at the juxtaposition of having the best offense in the league against the worst defense in the league. And I'm having trouble reconciling that. Like, should I be excited about the offense? Should I be, you know, throwing myself in Lake Michigan over the defense? Where are you at on balancing that? Oh, man. 
Um, it's a hard thing to balance. I, I mean, I think it is. <laughs> just like anything else, when things are great, it's fun to watch and, and it's cool to see how explosive they are and all those things. But um, by the same token, it's easy to watch and see how bad things are on defense. So, uh, and we tend to. I think we're just hardwired in, at times as fans of this team to be a little more focused and driven on what's going on, what's wrong or finding things that are wrong, uh, finding things that are looking wrong and focusing there. Uh, I mean, we could be hopeful at both of those things uh, in totality, if that makes sense. We can be, we can see the offense being super explosive and electric and doing all these things without very important parts of the offense and without and without Jamison Williams in the mix yet, uh, and see that there's hope for, and, and reasons to be very hopeful for for what they're doing, um, while understanding that what they're doing on defense is not good enough. So um, it is a hard thing to balance. Um, it's it's hard to understand it, even watching it on film, um, as, as I'm sure you know. It's there seems to be things that they're doing uh, defensively that don't make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> There's an understatement. <laughs> yes, but all, but then having then taking a, a step back and looking at it and, and thinking, okay, this is why they're doing this. If they didn't, we'd be killing them for it. Um, I don't know if, I, if you need me to explain yeah, that. Yeah, can, like, you, can you go into detail on that? Because one of the things, we're, we're trying to, like, Dan Campbell has admitted that things need to change. And I'm curious, like, what, what would be one of the things that you would change to help the defense? So, I mean, there's a few things I would do immediately. Um, I would ask Charles Harris to play better. <laughs> First thing. Um, I would put Aiden Hutchinson in a two-point stance instead of, instead of with his hand in the dirt all the time. I think it's very widely known that he prefers standing up and rushing from a, a stand-up position. And I think burying him inside... Um, in a three-point stance, is is taking away some of his some of his strength, which is which is you know um, instincts and um, his hand usage is so quickness. good on the outside, and you're taking that away it, when you're making him raise that hand up. It gives the defender that or the the blocker that much more time to to prepare for him. It actually makes the hand so when he's outside. I think the shorter arms are are actually uh, good for him the way he uses them. But when you're inside, it takes it negates that it takes it away. So so you're you're taking away that inside swipe move that he loves so much, and you're making him a little more uncomfortable. So I mean I would so those uh, the pass rush wise that's where I would I would I would look. Um, I think what Aaron Glenn's doing is gener- is trying to j- is manufacture pass uh, pass rush and pressure by blitzing in uh, like non-conventional ways, blitzing uh, linebackers, corners, safeties, that kind of stuff. It's super aggressive. Um, when you do that, you're asking for the players in the back end of your defense to kind of hang man-to-man against, uh, at least this week. I mean, that's what it looked like. They would just all-out blitz, and in the back end, you're playing man-to-man. Uh, somebody's manning up Metcalf. Good luck. Somebody's manning up Lot uh, Tyler Lockett. Same thing. Good luck. Like these are those are good receivers. But I think the reason why they're doing it is because they understand that they're not going to generate pass rush traditionally and conventionally. So it's frustrating that they're doing the things they're doing and they're vacating huge parts of the field 
um, knowing that they're not going to get pressure in, in a conventional way, but then taking a step back, thinking, okay, if they didn't do that and they gave Geno Smith seven seconds, whatever, five to seven seconds in, in a pocket to just hang in there and find somebody open, they're going to get torched that way too. Yeah, and so, we, we see that like Amani or asking Amani Arawaye to cover anybody for more than three seconds, it ain't going to happen. And and yeah, so if I mean we'd be having a conversation right now about if if Aaron Glenn just played super conservative and and had played in coverage across the board and rushed four and never got home, you and I would be screaming right now. How about some blitzing? So. But somewhere in the middle, there is a fine line of all right, you blitz too much, you probably be, be uh, you probably became a little too reliant upon it. Obviously, Seattle saw it on film and took advantage of it. So, I mean, that's that's the answer. You, you, yeah, you, you kind of uh, you know you exposed your hand and you kind of kept going back to that hand, and it, it beat them. So, I mean, that's I, I guess. I mean, what, that's, those are the things that I would do. Is I would, I would choose to find a way, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they can even do this, but find a way to get some more traditional pass rush. Uh, I think you can get that with Hutchinson, moving him a little more outside and getting him standing up. That doesn't even mean that Hutchinson's played poorly, and I think there is a narrative out there that he has. Yeah, uh, I, and I'd agree. And and like I I did. I'm doing the film review, and it will be up at Lions Wire tomorrow morning of of my breakdown of his game. I thought he actually played pretty well, considering the circumstances that are going on around him. Um, and one of those circumstances, and I want to ask you about this: Michael Brockers might be the worst defensive lineman in football right now. Um, is, is there any way that we can expect anything more out of him, or is, is it time to just turn the page on that? Uh, you know, I mean, I I think. Getting a guy like Josh Pascal, um, you know, off of IR or whatever it is that he's on um, after the bye helps to move on from Brockers. You know, I, I've liked Brockers' game for a very long time. It seems to it seems that there are, you know, even in the preseason there were there were times when he would just get washed down the line of scrimmage where it's just like he's just not he's not winning his gap. Um, Maybe injuries have caught up. I don't really know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, their interior – Aleem McNeil has been great. Um, yes, he has. I'm glad you Buck mentioned has been that. really, really good. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think Hutchinson's played better than, than a lot of people think. We have to remember he's a rookie. If you look at his pass rush win rates, I, I think he's ahead of a lot of premier pass rushers when they were in their rookie years. Uh, it doesn't seem like it, but I think he is he he is winning more. I, I think if we were to just chart the double teams where, where he's you know he's seeing double because Charles Harris is just not winning, um, I think we'd be surprised at how, at how much he's getting doubled um, and still somehow managing to get a little bit of pressure here and there. Uh, I mean he's squeezing, he's close. It's just it's just not finishing right now, but. But I think the nuts and bolts of the entire thing is the Lions uh, and their and their coaching staff know that they are not generating pressure with their front four. Um, I would say, I mean, if we're looking ahead at the draft, finding an interior pass rusher with quickness is a is a premium for them. Uh, kicking Pascal inside, I think, and leaving Hutchinson maybe. I mean, I think about the idea of playing Pascal inside and Hutchinson wide on the same side of the ball. 
I like what that. that can do. I like right? that. And, and we saw when John Kaminsky was in the game and healthy, he made a positive yeah. impact. He was he was a he's a great facilitator for a guy like Hutchinson because he's going to seal the, the 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 edge on a twist or a stunt, and he knows exactly how to handle it. And they they've clearly missed him, and yeah. he he should be back after the bye. We're going to see Pascal after the the bye. He should be. Um, it sounds like he's going to be. Um, the, they're going to start the clock tomorrow on, on on him to return from PUP. You have three weeks to bring him back. Uh, expect both him and Jerry Jacobs to be back after the break, and that's going to help too. Getting Jerry Jacobs into the game. Um, but can, where do you, what? Do you, how much do you think those those guys coming in can make an impact or a positive impact? I should say. Well, uh, Pascal's going to be kind of touch and go just because he's a rookie, and it, it, you know the core injury thing is is a tough thing to recover from, especially right away. It, it just is. Um, I think as a, as a situational player, um, in certain at certain times, yeah, he can be very helpful. Just don't. I wouldn't count on him for a ton of snaps and a ton of you know a ton of volume production right away. Um, Jacobs is a different story. I think once Jacobs gets gets you know his feet under him which i think happens very quickly for a guy like that uh the question then becomes is who goes inside like i think jacobs and, and akuda are your outside corners um yeah. yeah i mean some of uh, back to the game plan um asking jeff akuda to bully dk metcalf at the line of scrimmage the way he did <laughs> to justin jefferson is a losing proposition it yeah. just is and Okuda, you know, Okuda's been great, but that's Okuda's not been awesome. that's not what you can do with it. like you're not gonna you're not you're not going to press DK Metcalf and like that's a bug on a windshield you can't do it. I, yes, yeah. And so this is where like the loss of Tracy Walker is such a huge thing. So you you eliminate. I mean, you know, if you're not playing this split zone looks, the two high looks, you're. You're essentially saying that so before Tracy Walker gets hurt, the Lions are about about half the time. It's like forty forty percent of the time they're in cover one, cover three. Fifty percent of the time they're in that split zone look, and then about ten percent it's cover zero. So losing losing, and I don't know exactly what it looked like this week, but losing Tracy Walker means I think you have a hard time deploying the split zone stuff. Uh, which means you have to go to your cover one, cover three man looks in the back end, a lot of single high, and you're just you're you're lacking playmaking ability. Yeah, and, and you, and you your your Kirby high Joseph. safety back there is rookie Kirby Joseph making his defensive debut. It's that, good that, luck. Just not not a good matchup against a, a team that offers. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett has has good pass catching tight ends. We didn't even know Colby Parkinson existed. Now uh, now he's he's apparently yeah. an all star. Will Disley? Yeah, I mean they have. It's, it's, it was it was a very bad matchup, and the injuries. Um, yeah, I, I don't expect them to change all that much this week. It's a. I mean, obviously, it's a significantly better matchup against New England. It's, they don't have DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, but I think coming out of the bye, you're going to see them a little bit more um, conservative and just in 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 zone looks in the back end of their defense while. Doing everything they can to generate a little pass rush in other ways um, doesn't mean that it's going to be super effective, but it, but it also I mean maybe you get off the field, you know, uh, here and there you, once. You, you, can you, you, get, yeah, can you get them I mean, to punt once? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and it's you know I think we all just need to kind of take a deep breath on where they are. Um, this is a this was a bad defense last year. 
production-wise, point-scoring-wise, it was. Um, you're missing big pieces. Tracy Walker. The loss of Tracy Walker is bigger than I think a lot of people think at this point because that split zone stuff allowed them to play. You know, dep- depending on what teams did lining up, it allowed them to play. You know, a little man on one side of the field, a little zone on the other side of the field. It's, that can be somewhat confusing for quarterbacks. Um, it allows them to match up a little better. I mean, you know, think about just how you would have handled uh, Lockett and Metcalf. Um, my guess is you would roll a safety over the top of Metcalf and you would have pressed Lockett with, with Akuda. And I'm not saying, a, a, you know, Akuda would have lit up Lockett like he did with with McLaurin or Devonta Smith or, or, or uh, Jefferson, but I think your chances of winning in those situations are a little better. But without Tracy Walker and with Kirby Joseph on the field, it just changes the, the ability for you to do those things. Then um, it didn't seem like Glenn – it didn't seem like he really changed their game plan much and just threw the rookie out, you know, to the wolves. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's something that they, and I, and then this is where the juxtaposition comes in is because we've seen Ben Johnson adapt the offensive game plans to suit the personnel that he's got. Like, they're not asking Dan Skipper to be Jonah Jackson, they're asking him to be the best Dan Skipper that he can be. Sure. And, it, and it's working. And I, I just, it's so it, it it's it's banging your head into the into the dashboard, man. Of like, why can't Aaron Glenn see that? And it's that that's why we're all frustrated. To me, I think it's a lot easier to do things on offense. Um, it, it's a lot easier to dictate the terms of what you're doing on offense than it is on defense, especially when you have Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell. Uh, you know what I mean? When you have Frank Rag now, you can. It, it's it's a little easier to run the ball with those guys. It's a little easier to keep yourself <laughs> in good down and distance. Yeah, and, and, and they're doing that. They're doing a great job of it. They are, and I just think that you know this. The defense looks like they're not playing with confidence. They know that they're having a hard. That you know, I mean, I, I would. I'm sure Aiden Hutchinson will tell you right now that he needs to be better. That he needs to get more pressure. He's doing everything he can. He's, it's not that he's not putting out effort. It's just you know. There's only so much you can do. I, I, you know, the other part of it, too, is you look at Charles Cross and you look at Abraham Lucas, and, and those guys are playing really well for rookies. They are, they and, really and that's something, are. and this is something that I talk about. I'm talking with Scott Bischoff here from the Detroit Lions podcast, and you know him from a lot of places. Scott, Scott is one of the best uh, Lions minds and draft minds. That's actually how we commiserate together is by talking draft. Um, we're going to leave that out a little bit today, mail. though. Yeah, um, <laughs> we, we will. We'll have plenty of that coming up uh, over the next few months. Uh, yes. By the way, the uh, the Rams draft pick is looking a little bit better for the Lions, isn't it? I know that's the under the undersold story of of uh, the season so far. Yeah, it's it's nice. It is. Um, real quick, so you talked about you talked about adding an interior defensive pass rusher. Um, what else were you looking at as? Prime draft priorities. Obviously, it's a long ways away. We still have what 14, 15, 13 games to go. I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. do the math with the seventeen game schedule. It's it's just not natural. But uh, where else yeah. are you looking for places that the Lions should be considering with their first two, three draft picks? Well, um, clearly on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I think that you know obviously you need you need more pass rush you need more you need more disruption and and it's as simple as that disruption is production so uh, looking at a player like Jalen Carter from Georgia um, I know everybody loved uh, the Georgia D-line dudes last year everybody did but to me the best Georgia defensive lineman is in the draft this year 
and that's Jalen Carter. And that he's a monster inside. He really is. Now, I don't think you're in a situation where you you where you're really going to get to him. I mean, I mean, you know, if they continue to struggle like this on defense, maybe, maybe. But the idea of having uh, a player lined up as a three technique, you know, next to next to Ali McNeil, and just getting into the backfield immediately, commanding double teams, opening up the defensive end to win one on one is huge. So. You know, I think that's that's a an area that you'd have to address. Um, I know the Lions like their linebacking core going into the season, and uh, you know, f- for good reason they should love they should love what Rodriguez is giving them. But you still need you need more. Definitely. You know, and then it's it's uh, it's filling out the back end of that defense with talent and playmaking ability, and and then you know, ultimately. I mean, what's going to happen with Onzerike? Is he going to is he going to come back? I mean, you know, the, there, the there's back, a there's a question. There's a question that nobody seems to want to touch. Uh, Dan Campbell yeah. talked about it just a little bit this week and said, uh, uh, "Don't expect him anytime soon." Um, I read that as "Don't expect him this year." That's just my thought on it. That's a significant. So to me, I read the exact same thing, Jeff, and I think he's probably going to have back surgery to try to fix this. It's a huge loss because that's that's your three tech that you were that you're kind of depending on to be more disruptive than than McNeil, while being able to you know to to handle gap responsibility and all that stuff. Uh, it's just it's a giant loss. It um, really is, and and it's unfortunate yeah. because we you and I saw him at the Senior Bowl dominate for the one day before he hurt his back there. Back this is back in 2019. Uh, it's 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 no, frustrating. When he's on, man. When he's on, he's on. But uh, he ain't, he ain't gonna be on the field for a while. Scott, yeah. I, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you were my first guest of the day, so you get special privilege for that. Um, what do you got coming up with the Detroit Lions podcast this week? So we have a uh, we're going to have a game preview on Friday morning, um, the New England game, and following that, next week we'll have a game wrap up kind of thing. Um, so that's what we're going to have weekly. We're going to have two, at least two uh, little videos that you can find, and uh, they'll be out on Twitter and check them out. Awesome. Scott Bischoff, everybody, from the Detroit Thanks, Lions Jeff. podcast. Thanks so much for coming in, Scott. It's good, good to talk yeah. to you. Yep. Love that guy. Um, last time I saw him was, in person was at a Metallica concert at Comerica Park. So uh, he, he always uh, it offers great insight and, and a lot of fun. Check the videos out at Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, search it on YouTube, as, as the huge one likes to say. Um, and you will hear me there uh, tomorrow night on the Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Jeff Risden with the Lions Wire and the DLP. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more Lions and maybe maybe a little Pistons, too. Opt in to the huge text chain. Text HUGE to 21000. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 bonuses when you sign up through the BetMGM Refer a Friend program. Hey, this is Matt Shepard. Just sign in in your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with 
with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credits expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. If finding low prices on family favorites, fresh produce, pharmacy, pet supplies, home, and sporting goods is tripping you up, shop Meyer, where one trip saves you lots of trips. Plus, save just for making the trip. Meyer credit card holders get 10 cents off every gallon at Meyer gas stations. Or use home delivery and get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer, where all you need is just a trip away. Subject to credit approval, terms and conditions apply. See details at Meyer.com slash credit card. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the Michigan Sports Network. Normally you hear Bill Simonson, the huge one, at this time. I'm filling in for him today. This is Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast taking over for Bill for a day. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more Lions in the next hour. We're going to have Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joining us uh, at the top of the next hour. And uh, then my my good friend Mark Schofield from Pro Football Network will be joining us to break down the Patriots a little bit. But uh, we got something. We got a little basketball going on. Basketball season starts tonight. The Detroit Pistons preseason kicks off tonight or tips off tonight. I'm still in football mode. They tip off tonight against the New York Knicks. Look, I may not be the world's biggest Pistons fan, but I can absolutely root against the New York Knicks. That's a very easy sell. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm excited about these Pistons, man. We get to see Jaden Ivey come out tonight, see the new look Cade Cunningham. He's apparently packed on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle this season. Look, Cade just turned 21. Ivey's 20. I, I, I fell in love with Ivey's game at Purdue. I'm fascinated to see how those two work. You got Bogdanovich coming in, a, a, a big who can shoot threes. Uh, there, there's a lot to like, you know, we're going to get our first look tonight in, in real game action of Killian Hayes and his modified jump shot. Uh, he's probably changed the form quite a bit. He seems at Pistons media day last week. He was very excited to show off his new shot. So we're going to see how that plays out. Uh, it, it, look, preseason basketball, it's crazy that the NBA is coming up on us this fast. Uh, they have another game Friday night. Their first home game is next Tuesday. Uh, they host the Pelicans when you can see the uh, new and hopefully improved 
Uh, Zion Williamson, before he gets hurt again, that might be a very hot ticket to get. Got to check that out while you still can. Yeah, this, this is a Pistons team. This is going to be a fun team to watch. And generally, in, like when we're talking about the, the Detroit sports rebuilds, I'm not even going to talk about the Tigers. I, I, I couldn't name a player on the team. Uh, I don't do baseball, period. But like the Red Wings are, are coming along. Like you see where they're at. And, and the Lions are like maybe half a season behind where the Red Wings are in terms of like climbing up the ladder. Um, hopefully the Lions will get climbed past them soon. But, you know, Red Wings will be all right this year, I think. But then the Pistons. This is a fun. There's a there's potential for this team to be a lot of fun. Uh, watching Cade develop and, and how he and Ivy interplay, how they're going to work with Isaiah Stewart, who I just I'd beef stew man. You got to love that guy. That guy. There's just so much to like about it. I, I, I'm I'm very I'm legitimately excited to watch this it's on TNT tonight at seven o'clock. Uh, the opening tip off of the Detroit Pistons preseason, um, and uh, if you will find if you're at Casa del Risen tonight, that game will be on. In my basement uh, man cave there. We'll be, we'll be watching all of that. So when we come back, we're going to get back into Lions football, all the the, the fun and glory of it. Uh, we'll have Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joining us. Uh, once again, this is Jeff Risen from the Lions Wire Detroit Lions podcast, sitting in for huge today. Enjoy the rest of this sunny afternoon, folks. Big. Bad. Huge. 